Let's do it. I'm recording already. La 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 la. So fun. Hey, welcome to the And Grace Spills podcast. My name is Andrea Grace Fillmore, and I am on a mission to help you get your yay back. To do that, I'm sharing conversations that are thought-provoking, introspective, and fun. This podcast is sponsored by The Treasury, a women's membership club and co-working community. The Treasury is located on historic Film Row in downtown Oklahoma City and full of women who are pioneering new and exciting ways to work. I partner with the Treasury to host events and create connections where women can gather to learn from one another and have a good time doing it. For more info on the Treasury and all the upcoming events, visit thetreasury.org. Everyone, hello. I'm here with my friend Ashley Steven, yo girl. What's up, guys? I like to do Ashley... Let's try to recall the weird way in which we met because I'm realizing a trend that I don't make friends in a normal way. Got some weird stories. Um, I don't recall how we met. I just remember having coffee with you one time and then being like, I'm so depressed. (laughs) That's as far back as my memory goes. So I don't even know what got us there, but I'm sorry. No, it's okay. We're past that now. We're past it. We've moved on. Yeah, I know. I, if I'm honest with you, I don't remember how we met either. I feel like we had mutual friends and we were at several events. But the first time I remember having a conversation with you before the depressing coffee moment was probably at a leadership event in Oklahoma City. Oh, at the house. you're you right. Yeah, I think I met you briefly and I was like, yo, girl. And you're like, Hi, you were so professional and sweet and kind, <laughs> like you always are. And I was like, wow, okay, not on that level. Um, it was a fun day, though. I met you and some other cool people. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. I think, yes. And then we said, hey, we should get coffee. And then I think probably I pestered you until we did it. Which is great, because sometimes I need that pestering. Which we'll I'm really, really good at being a pest. It's not a pest. Uh, I Yeah, I'm kind of a pest sometimes but I'm okay with it I wouldn't say pest I would say you're intentional oh what a segue that is today <laughs> we are gonna talk with Ashley Stephen about friendships and intentionality wow you win you're like winning the podcast game I've been waiting all day to, to put that in there, so. oh, thank you wow that was so well played that's fantastic so Ashley I know as I've mentioned on other episodes and just to you I tend to make friends in really weird ways. Uh, I don't usually go the normal route. So for instance, this is um, a story I probably shouldn't share. Um, I was at a church thing and this girl came up to me and she asked me, um, she just wanted to talk. She started crying. So we have a moment, you know, and we're deep connection. And then she walks away and I'm like, find me on Facebook. (laughs) And she's like crying. She had just been crying. And, but we're still friends to this day. That is amazing. It's Please, no one do that. No one do what I did and say, someone's crying to me. Find me on Facebook. Don't. It's bad form. But it works for me. So I think there's a gift there. But I make friends in really weird ways. And so, like, as you have grown older and more mature in your adulthood, Ashley, how do you, have you noticed 
meeting people has changed or making friends has changed or your deepening up relationships has changed. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's interesting that you say that about you don't meet people in normal ways because I don't even know what a normal way is these days. I feel like with the pace of our world and the digital age, there's a, there's a new normal. And so as far as the way I meet people now, it's from anywhere and everywhere. Um, you know, it can be through work. It can be, I would say it's interesting for me because I've moved states a couple of times. Yeah. Grew up in Georgia, lived in California for a while and now in Oklahoma city. And so making friends at each of those seasons has looked really different depending on the stage of life, the type of city, the connectivity, where I'm living in relation to other people that I would get along with, that kind of thing. Yeah. I think you're right. It is definitely a new normal. And yeah, it's just, you have to change. I think just like job hunting has changed and living situations have changed and dating has changed. It's like, I just don't think about it. I don't think about how friendships evolved over time. Like, because it's just part of your life and you just kind of adapt or don't. Um, But for you personally, how have you noticed as you have matured in life, um, how are things different now with like the quality of time, the quantity of time, your availability, how your personal needs have changed as far as like, you know, how, how often do you find the need to be around other people or be alone? Like how has all of that kind of shifted for you? For sure. Yeah. Great questions. Um, Hear that? Great questions, everyone. (laughs) (laughs) And Grace Phil, shout out. Um, I think the interesting part to to recognize is that it has changed. And um, I think a lot of that, I realize one, it does take more intentionality. I think in a season of college or high school or before, you do kind of fall into these circles that become your tribe for the most part. That's, it's just part of life. And I think something that I've had to recognize is a very conscious shift of, yeah, I may make a few relationships with depth in my immediate circles, or they may come from unexpected places or Mm -hmm. not be immediately connected or colliding with other circles. And so, um, on the other token, as I've gotten older, I've become more introverted as an individual. Um, actually when I was growing up, I thought I was an extrovert, LOL. Um, definitely not. I want to meet that side of you. <laughs> I know, right? Me too. I kind of went back. I feel <laughs> Come like back to me. I feel like the world She's in Georgia is shaped for extroverts in the day and age we live, and yeah. I was not one. So, but I grew up in a family, uh, a large family with seven siblings who I love, and so I just I think I had to learn extroversion. But so now that I live on my own, introversion is more my t- natural tendency. So um, I think what's interesting though is because connectivity is available outside of immediate circles. I actually feel like I have a broader range of friendships um, and still have been able to maintain depth, which is really, it's almost surprising for me and unexpected, but it's a gift that it's still there. Yeah. And I think I agree with a lot of that too, as my friends and the way I find friends and the way the, fr- the places the friendships are, are different. But I think, you know, as a kid, you grow up with, a very small or maybe not even small you grew up with a very selective group of people because you are in the same school and there is no choice or you're in the same church or you're in the same girl scout thing and it's just like 
you think that as you go off in life, it will be the same way. And you always have 10 friends that are going to be here. And then you have 10 friends here. And I think for me, it was kind of like a culture shock. Like, okay, some of those friends were not still friends Mm. in college age. Or college age comes and you're like, I don't have 10 friends. I have like (laughs) two and a half. Or I have 35 friends or whatever. And so it's like, I think that's kind of a marker of maturity is when you start to realize those patterns changing in your own life. And you're like, okay, things aren't the way that they used to be. How are they now? Where are they going? And like going back to intentionality, I think it takes a lot more focused energy and time absolutely, to find, maintain, and develop the depth of relationship that you want and really need as an adult as you get out from your parents and as you kind of establish your own self and things like that. But for you, what would you say some of the markers are of like deep relationships? Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, and you just hit on something that's so important is um, what I hear you saying is that you've given yourself the freedom to recognize the season you're in. And um, for me, the deepest friendships stay with me no matter the season I'm in. No matter where I'm living, no matter what church I'm going to, no matter what job I'm at, the deepest friendships have a consistency to them that that isn't founded on outward things. It's there's a heart connection there, there's a depth, and it's one of those things, you know, no matter how long you haven't seen them or talked to them, you can pick up right where you left off. Um, and I think it's huge as an adult in friendship to give yourself that freedom. And um I think depth for me can look a lot of different ways. And part of that comes from having lived across the country. And so depth with my closest friends in Oklahoma city is going to look like we probably talk pretty often and they probably know that I had a fight with my boyfriend yesterday, you know? And, um, but depth with dear friends in Northern California or Oregon or Georgia, Atlanta area, um, you know, we don't talk often. We, you know, I have a a really good friend, Rachel, who I was in her wedding. We have known each other our entire lives. And I really only see her once, twice a year, if that. In fact, I'm I'm going to Georgia next weekend, flying through Atlanta, and I grab lunch with her before I head down south to see family. And, um, but because of the way um, we both developed in character and in life, and a lot of our interests have stayed the same, we can pick right up where we left off without any problems. Yeah. And, um, man, that's so good. And there's one thing that you said that I just, I really, really like, and it's, it, it's, you can't hold everybody to the same, really the same standard because there's always such an ebb and flow in life. And so the depth of relationship may be similar, but the communication styles are different. The patterns are different. And it's just the maturity and sensitivity of like, this is okay. And having the maturity recognize that's not meaning we're not friends or that's not meaning I don't care about you. You don't care about me because I think some of the same patterns can come with family who are over long distances. And you're like, Oh, well, I don't talk to my mom every day. She lives two and a half hours away, but I try to talk regularly, but that doesn't change our relationship in a negative way. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. Yeah. And so what are some ways that you, I guess I'm trying to decide how I want to phrase this. What are ways that you practice intentionality with your friends that are maybe 
Well, just friends anywhere. I'm not going to qualify it. Yeah. Um, I think you just hit on something that helps me answer that question is it's different for every person. Um, and for me, personality type can play into a lot of that. I know that's very hot right now and trending. It's so hot right now. It's so hot. Um, <laughs> it's on the trending thing. What's your Enneagram, Enneagram number? LOL, I don't know. Okay. We're not so gonna... I'm not that hot. Um, There's a topic change. We're going to fi- find out Ashley's. No, I'm just kidding. If any of you hear this podcast and you and you think you know what Enneagram I, I am, know. just let me know. No, you're asking for it now. <laughs> I'm on the journey. I think it takes time. I've done, I have done quite a bit of research and I have run this question by people who know me well. So just know I'm on the way. She's working on it, guys. But here's what I'll say. I think it finds you. I don't need to find it. Ooh. Game changer podcast over. We're done. Bye. <laughs> but anyways, anyways, um, that said, other than Enneagram and, you know, there are so many other different tools, um, for personality, five voices, um, Myers-Briggs, different things. And sure. for people close to me, um, I typically know those things about him, about them. And even if I don't know their exact personality type, you get a feel for a person. So all that say intentionality looks different. Um, I have one good friend here in Oklahoma City that our daily lives just don't coincide. Our work schedules, it's just different. And so I'll just reach out every now and then and just shoot them a text. And um, that that's enough. And then when we do get to get together, um, there's that feeling of connection. And I know that she needs that feeling of connection on a weekly basis. Mm-hmm. And um, however, if my roommate, if I only texted her once a week and didn't talk to so her otherwise... Wide. Leah, call in. Let us know how you feel. <laughs> It'd probably get a little awkward. And I know everyone's different on that account. And I know, you know, adult sharing a space, there are different schedules. But intentionality with my roommate right now looks like if we're both home after work, stopping for at least a few minutes to say, you know, how was your day? Mm-hmm. A lot of the time we'll connect in the morning if, if I'm making breakfast and she's just kind of getting her day going, then that's, you know, we'll say, hey, how was your night? Um what are you looking forward to today? Um, she is really great at questions. And so she always asks me, this she is one is. I've picked up um, and that I use with others. And she'll, she'll often say to me, um, what was your favorite moment of the day? Ooh, wow. That's a good one. It's such a good one. Leah JD's people. Leah D's. Don't worry. She'll be on the podcast. Right. Um, my sister does something similar with her family. So like every night they have dinner together, most nights. And they do this thing. They've done it for years. And the kids love it. It's called Best Worst Best. And so everybody goes around the table. And like little Elliot, he'll go first. And he'll say the best part of his day, the worst part of his day, and then the next best part of his day. And then he gets to pick who goes next. And so everybody in the family gets to kind of share a moment. And some sometimes the kids are like, today was good. I didn't have a worst, you know? (laughs) And then some days they're like, it's all worst, you know, like normal humans, but it's really cool because it helps them to be intentional with thinking through their day and connecting with their family that is rather large. And I just love that. And I think there's, so what, is there anything like very practical that you do to just say, Hey, connect with so-and-so or like, what do you do practically to stay on top of those relationships? Yeah, for sure. Um, I think texting is great. If I'm honest, that's just an easy way to connect. Um, so half the time, and it's funny because I feel kind of weird sometimes reaching out to a friend and just saying, Hey, thinking of you, you're on my mind. But I know like who doesn't want to get that text on any given day? Like, Hey, I'm just thinking of you. I don't necessarily have a reason I'm reaching out. It's not like 
I need anything from you or I need you to give me anything, but sure. you're my friend and I want to connect with you in just this short little moment. Um, so yeah, that's a practical way for me. Yeah. I think so to break it down even more for me, I feel like a different responsibility almost to certain people because mm-hmm. there is a bigger, a greater depth of relationship there. And so I'm constantly churning through like, and this is kind of maybe a weird way to think about it for anybody else. But for me, it works. I'm constantly like, who am I really feeling like I need to connect with? And then like, who comes to mind first? Who are the top four or five people that jump to mind? And then I'll send them each a text, like you said. Or if I know somebody has an important event coming up, I'm about to give away all my secrets. I, I put a reminder in my phone to text them before the event, say, hey, good luck, wishing for the best, and a reminder to text them after. If someone's family member passes away, like I use reminders to say, hey, a week out, two weeks out, six weeks out. And I don't think, I think that some people would find that weird, but there's no way my brain can hold all of that information. Absolutely. And I think in today's world when everyone is so busy, and we're all connected to technology anyway. I found for me that like using those reminders as a tool has been extremely helpful in connecting with people in meaningful ways, not just because like you're obviously more than a reminder on my phone, but because you mean so much to me, like I want to make it a point to remember to reach out to you to do X, Y, Z, whatever. Absolutely. I think, and I think that's so key. And I think you're tapping into um, like, like you do that unconsciously. And so as you're saying that, I'm going, oh, yeah, there, there are things that I do like that that are unconscious. Yeah. Um, so, you know, social media is an interesting thing. And I have uh, a lot of friends that are in the creative space, whether it's marketing or running branding or social media or promoting events on, on Instagram, that kind of thing. If I know that a huge part of their world right now is Instagram, then I will interact with them there. Sure. Whether it's comments or liking or, you know, responding to a story with, laughing emoji, you know whatever it yeah. is I know that can almost sound shallow but it, and it really depends on the person across from you and what's interesting you know even talking about personality types um, you know on the thinker feeler scale of Myers-Briggs I think feelers are typically more relationally oriented and so for them the thought of putting a reminder on their phone would be like a given. Like they wouldn't even necessarily oh, need yeah. to do that such a good point yeah. and so as a feeler if someone's listening going Oh, that does that feel too inauthentic? Does that feel over the top? Because for me, that's just natural. I I think I actually resonate more with you, Andrea. I'm a, I'm a thinker on that scale, and so yeah, for me, an authentic um, way of touching base or reaching out might look more um, intentional in that way. It's not. It doesn't always come naturally, but because I know it's important to other people, I do schedule it in, and I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Right, and I, yeah, it's definitely I resemble the remark you're just saying like I'm very thoughts first feelings way 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 later yes so because I want to show you I care I take that weird step and say oh I'm gonna put it in my phone or I'm gonna write it down or I'm gonna send a card or whatever because to me it's it's important to remember and like you're saying like a feeler may think that that's just it it happens normally that's a good point wow well, and to that point, I think something else that I've seen you do really well, almost better than anyone I've known. Oh, um, yay! Is <laughs> something that's been such a gift is 
Um, so in my in my room um, and also on our fridge, we have all kinds of cards and notes and things over the years. And I probably have half a dozen from you, Andrea, just in the short time I've known you, of thank you notes or a, hey, I'm thinking of you or a happy birthday card that are handwritten that are incredibly intentional and thoughtful and authentic. Um, and it's a comment that I've made to my roommate in the past, like, wow, Andrea is so great at doing this. And every time it just, it's so encouraging and life-giving to, to receive that. So that's, I think, is a huge way of intentionality that I've learned from you and that I admire in you. Um, this is handwritten cards. Oh my gosh, thanks. I think, I, and side note, I'm pretty sure she, she already put a handwritten card in my purse before we started this podcast. I did. See what I mean? Just one in the See what right I mean? Now. Yeah. So, I mean, I think for me, a lot of it stems, so my actions a lot of times stem from how did I want to be treated in the past and wasn't? How do I make people feel special in ways that no one does? Not that I'm trying to be better than other people, but nobody does handwritten anymore. Nobody does face-to-face anymore. Yeah. I mean, it's very rare that you get a, a text message that says, man, I was just thinking about you today. I hope you have a great day. My favorite memory of you is XYZ or weird funky emoji for no reason. I mean, nobody, we're we're just so busy and we have so much to do. And so anytime you can go outside of the norm, I feel like that resonates with people way more because it makes them stop. It almost is like a bucket of cold water. They're like, oh, wait, what's this? A handwritten letter, you know? And, and it means so much more in today's technology when you can meet face-to-face and when you can do a handwritten card. Like, I'm a huge fan of if you can do it in real life, do it in real life. I'd rather go out of my way and have a meeting that takes an hour than a phone call that takes 10 minutes because we can connect with you in a different way is more meaningful, um, even if it's business. Like, I, I would rather have a meeting over a lunch or a coffee because I can connect with you in a way that's more authentic, I think, than an email can. Absolutely. Yeah, so I'm really big on the in real life. You guys should try it out. In fact, let's do a challenge. Everybody this week, whoever listens to this, try to send like an encouraging text or a card to someone or something. Even if it's notebook paper with no, like I buy note cards in bulk, but like if it's a blank sticky note that you put in somebody's car, not a stranger's, don't do that. Don't bring it to your <laughs> I want to encourage everybody to just get out and try that. And then if you do, let us know how it goes. But it's such a fun exercise. And I think the more that I do it, the more fun I think I'm having. And so, yeah, it's kind of addictive, actually. Absolutely. Okay, Ashley. So we talked about practicing intentionality, but how do you find healthy rhythms Mm -hmm. and friendships? And how do you set healthy boundaries in your relationships with friends Ooh, yeah if I'm honest it's really hard Um, please be honest yes yeah um so it's interesting um I I think the answer to this question will change depending on season of life and and where your friendships are coming from so if you're in college there might be an ease to your rhythms because it's like oh I have class with this person or I live with this person or you know we our world is 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 in this three mile radius of campus or whatnot. And then it might shift if you're dating someone or if you're married or if you're in a church or not in a church or if you're in a new city, all of that. And so for me, um, it's weird. I I'm currently dating someone and, um, I'm right in the middle of figuring out what it looks like to 
maintain healthy rhythms in friendships outside of that relationship. But um, I think what I've realized is that no one can fight for your good like you can. And um, I think there's a balance between, I think we have to give ourselves permission to say no. Yeah. And um, the world we live in right now has no limit of opportunity. So at any point on any given day, I could, I could have something to do or somewhere to go if I wanted to. Um, and again, as an introvert, I know that for me to actually function in a healthy life-giving way, I need downtime. And I almost feel guilty when I give myself downtime, Ooh. if I'm really honest with you. Yeah. Um, because I feel like I don't want to live my life for myself. I want it to be something that when I'm gone, that there's things that live beyond me. And I know that could feel like really heady or conceptual or up there, but that's really the way I think. And so anytime I have to tell someone no, and I don't have another event booked in that spot, I, I, I maybe unconsciously go through this process of guilt. And oh, wow. am I doing something wrong? Um, am I not loving them well? Am I not showing up as a true friend? Ooh, wow. Yeah. That's so real. I feel that so deeply. It's so hard. So how do you reconcile that? Like walk me through the process. Like what is that like when you're feeling that in that moment? Yeah, I think, um, you know, what's weird is it, it actually takes a lot of strength to say no. Um, and it also takes strength to say yes to the right things. And um, also to, to allow for priorities to be reevaluated on a regular basis. So if I'm single and not dating anyone, then I have more time to give to my friends. And in this newish season of dating someone, I'm realizing, oh, I don't have the time that I once had to give to all these other activities, even beyond friendships, whether it's church or, um, you know, like an art class I want to take or whatever it may be. And so right, I'm, I'm literally right now, this moment as we speak, um, in a process of trying to figure out what that looks like. But I think the reality is, and something I've come to, is worst case scenario, let's just say, Andrew, you ask me to hang out and I say no, and it hurts your feelings or it bums you out or you feel disconnected from me in that moment. The reality is you are a person of character and so am I. And, and we have enough of a foundation and enough of a depth that we can get past that moment of, of even if it's slight, but that mm-hmm. moment of hurt or that moment yeah. of being bummed or that moment of, of, you know, where our schedules were different. And so what I've realized is the real friends, the true friends are going to stick around. Yeah. And that doesn't mean there's not room to feel there's room to feel bummed or there's room to even feel guilty if you're the one saying no. Mm, um, wow. But I think it, it's one of those simple things that you say, you say yes to the right things. And um, one thing that's practical for me that I've done in different seasons is throughout my week is I set aside two slots for friends. So it could be Thursday morning coffee before work, Tuesday evening, you know, drinks after work and um, just the same way you would schedule a yoga class or a small group or date night, whatever it is. And I, if I'm honest, I hate the fact that life is like that. I hate that it's not this like easier unconscious rhythm. And sometimes it is, you know, and that, and that's, those are just the sweetest moments when that happens, when on a random Saturday, you just kind of end up at the same cafe for brunch as your friends and you can all have a slow, easy day together. And that's great. But if I'm honest, for me, that's the exception, not the norm. Sure. Yeah. I think that's just part of like finding your way in your twenties and thirties and realizing like, 
life, like this meme that I saw on the internet the other day. It's like, what it's like to be an adult. It's like, hey, you want to hang out? I'm free Wednesday between 4 and 4 p.m. <laughs> like making friends and making making plans with your friends is literally sometimes, okay, well, in two weeks, on a Tuesday night, I have two hours. Like, And that's what it is. And I think part of me, as I got older, started to grieve the loss of spontaneity mm-hmm. and was like, I just don't feel like it's the same thing. It's not authentic. It has to be so rigid, but in reality, it's, it's a recognizing like, okay, this is life. This is maturity. Like people have kids and they have husbands, they have jobs. I have jobs. I have community involvement. Like people have so much going on that it's like, is the friendship worth a fight? Cause if it is, you're going to figure it out. And it's just learning the rhythm of each individual and learning those, um, just, I guess the ebb and flow of like, I mean, you and I, we see each other maybe once a month, Yeah. but we down, we cool. Like, I mean, it is what it is. And most most often it's like we run into each other accidentally and cause we have similar friends, but it's like, it's fine because I, we still connect and we connect. It's a deep and real thing and it's intentional. So now it's like, as I've gotten older, it's almost sweeter because you recognize this person is making the time to invest in the relationship and they're going to make the time to block out of their schedule because our friendship is important to them. And so I think viewing it from that standpoint has helped me a lot in, in the process of like grieving the loss as you know, you mature and, and grow older. And it's so sad. I'm so old. I'm not old. You are not old. I you are old. I'm a spring chicken. Very much so. <laughs> Yeah, no, I think that idea of grieving the loss is massive because it doesn't put blame on anyone. There's not blame on you or blame on another person. And I think for me, that's a huge part of friendships and both in how I extend my time and also how I receive time from others is believing the best. Yes. So good. And it's easy. Even for me, if I want to hang out or if I wanted something spontaneous or planned, if I get a no... There are times when I'm bummed. There's times when I'm when I'm hurt, and I have to give that person grace and go. Actually, just because you're open Saturday from nine to noon <laughs> doesn't mean they don't have other things, right. and that's okay. And um, there's so much room and so much freedom. I I do think, as far as that spontaneity piece, those those moments or seasons or rhythms, whether they happen regularly or intermittently really are gifts and so I've actually yeah. come to learn to really value those when they happen yeah you know when you have a slow Saturday and you do get to run into people and then it turns into a great conversation and then you all go to a movie or whatever that may be um those are rare but they're gifts and they do happen and I've learned that proximity is important and so oh yeah that's good on one hand you know the way our culture is set up you know we there is more room for disconnection but also an intentional piece is deciding, yeah, how do I want to craft my lifestyle? How do I want to live? If all of my friends go to yoga on Mondays, and I normally do yoga, but I do it on Wednesdays for whatever reason, can I make the shift to say, hey, I'm going to do yoga on Mondays because that's two birds with one stone. I'm yeah. doing yoga. I'm doing my relaxation thing, and I'm getting time with friends. Um, and so there are ways to assess a schedule and and do that. And I also think um, – on, on the pace of intentionality, I've been talking a lot about connecting with friends that live in my city, but um, something that I've done with some of my girlfriends from California, um, Roxanne, Nicole, and Fong, we, we do a meetup once a year, and we 
go to a different place every year. And um, sometimes it's a place that no one has ever been. Sometimes it's where one of us may be living at that time. And so I obviously connect with them throughout the year as well. We'll do FaceTimes and different things like that individually. But that's a really sweet time for all of us. And we really try to make it happen because it's easy for it not to happen, whether it's finances or time. But we are always so grateful when we set aside that time and actually do it. Yeah. So kind of on that same note, let's talk about what it's like to really fight for those relationships when it's hard for whatever reason. I mean, relationships get hard for, I mean, pick something, sky is blue, it's hard, but like, what are some things that you do to like fight for relationship? And I guess let's start with some basic things, like just because time or money or schedules or the things that we all juggle with all of the time. Like, how do you fight for those relationships when it gets hard? Absolutely. Um, I think the first step is realizing that relationships are hard and people are hard. And um, it does take the fight a lot of the time. And just because it takes energy doesn't mean it's bad. Ooh. Yeah. Just because it takes the fighting doesn't mean it's not worth it. If anything, those are the ones worth fighting for. Um, And that's... I think what's freeing is going, I don't know anyone in my life that I've been for years or in a new place um, that we've never had to work at something, whether that's family relationships mm. or friendships or yeah. dating relationships. It's just part of life. And so the first thing for me is realizing, yeah, it's going to happen. Um, I think fighting for friendships, one is, I, and to be honest, I've had a lot of friends that do that with me really, really well, is they pursue me. So even if my schedule is crazy, if they keep reaching out to say, hey, can you can you talk on the phone? Can you catch up? Can you grab coffee? The reality is I don't ever want to say no. It's not like right. I don't want to see these people. I just, maybe it's just not working or work is crazy or whatever it may be. Um, and so what I've seen friends do for me and I do try to do for other friends is continue to follow up and keep asking and find the time. And um, scheduling is huge. Like, I know, like you said, two weeks from Wednesday or whatever time. It's just part of so it. So real. It's so real. Um, <laughs> yeah, I think the other piece when I look at fighting for a quality of relationship that I think a lot of people leave out potentially is um, the idea of a healthy tension and a healthy challenge. I think hmm. um, I think it's possible to actually lose depth in the intimacy of a friendship if there's never any challenge or there's never any health wow. attention. That's good. Yeah. I think that, um, it's never easy to bring up a hard conversation with someone. Right. It's never easy to say, Hey, when you did this, it kind of bothered me. Um, I actually had an experience with someone at work this week. Um, it's a newer coworker and she's amazing and I love her. Um, but there was something that rubbed me the wrong way earlier in the week. And I didn't say anything to her about it. So I was like, I don't know if we're on that level. Like, I would love to be on that level with her. But I don't want to come across as nitpicky or condescending or anything like that. But what was interesting is about something else, she actually approached me as something that I had done later in the week. Um, And neither of these things were a big deal. But she, in that, she was fighting for our relationship. She was saying, hey, this rubbed me the wrong way. I know your heart. But I just wanted you to know that so that it doesn't fester. Yeah. And I was so grateful for her. Like that challenge felt like love to me and it felt healthy and it felt sharpening. And so that was actually a doorway for me to say, hey, I'm so glad you brought that up. 
And while we're here, um, <laughs> while we're here, I see. Yeah. And I was able just to tell her, you know, it, it, I feel respected by you that you shared out with me and I really respect you. So I want to share with you something that was hard for me earlier in, in the week in one of our interactions. And I only share this because I want your influence to grow in our context. Yeah. I think it's so important. And this is like white noise at this point, but like communication is so important. Yes. And it's just, and it, you don't have to be blunt or abrasive to be truthful. And I think that all of these tools, whether it's communication or scheduling or writing things down, I mean, whatever it takes to make the relationship happen, I think that is really healthy. And I think it's, it shows that fight that people are willing to take. And so I, I just want to say, whatever it is you do, listener, to make relationships work, like that's the good work. That's the good fight in relationships. So if that means you have to get out your calendar and schedule times with your kids individually or with your coworker or with your friend across whenever you FaceTime, like whatever that looks like, that intentionality, I mean, it is, it's worth, it's worth doing. And it doesn't cheapen the relationship it makes it only makes it more valuable because you're really fighting the fight and the same thing goes for communication if there's something that needs to be said there's a way to say it correctly and kindly and with faith and hope in the relationship and in and out of the person so just be encouraged like all the things that we're saying can be kind of heavy but I, they're so important because they are i think just keys to healthy relationships that will only continue to grow and bear fruit in the future. So even if it, like I said, if it feels like too much, it feels inauthentic. I, I would argue that it is more authentic because it's championing that other person and saying, I'm going to pull you aside and have a hard conversation, or I'm going to stop my day and encourage you, or I'm going to say, I want to hang out, blah, blah, blah. And in fact, this week, one of my friends, she frequently says, I want to hang out. I want to hang out. I want to hang out. And finally, I said, I need you to take the lead and give me when you want to hang out. Because the next, like, I know, but you know my schedule and that I'm overloaded at at work and X, Y, Z. So I need you to take the the lead on this and give me some times and dates. And we did. And within an hour we had something worked out. Yeah. So it's, I mean, it's not always fun, but it's, it's worth it in the end, you know, and having those hard conversations is not always pleasant, but it it can be very, very fruitful. Like you said, the fight is so important and that I'm calling it the fight. I don't know. You probably (laughs) said it nicer. I actually, actually has a really nice way of saying words and I'm just like, She's very kind. I, everything I say is like passion and aggression, but not passive aggressive. <laughs> it's like, I'll fight for you or whatever. It's like, I'm going to kick something or punch something. I'm very aggressive in my language and speech, but now she's like, it's okay. You're going to be intentional. <laughs> and I love it. So yeah. Um, gosh. So how do you handle, I think this is important, especially for people that may be transitioning into like a different life stage, like maybe from high school to college, college to out of college, kids to no kids. Wait, no, that's backwards. No (laughs) kids to kids. Don't give away your children. 
I'm sorry, I don't have kids. You can tell I don't know how this works. What would you say, um, how can you handle or negotiate with that fear of missing out that happens sometimes when everybody's going out or, you know, whatever, especially, okay. So for example, Ashley and I have a lot of friends that overlap. Mutual. Mutual. That's a normal person way of saying it. We have a (laughs) lot of mutual friends. And so like I could very easily get on her Instagram or whatever and be like, she's hanging out with like five people I know, but I wasn't all invited. But it's like a different group. You know what I'm saying? Like, like, it's just not my people. I know some of the people or, you know, two friends, let's say I introduced two friends and then they hit it off. Like, okay, for instance, your roommate and I are now very good friends. So like if me and Leah were going out to coffee, which you did this week, which we did this week without Ashley, it was a business meeting. I promise. So like (laughs) we go out to coffee and Ashley's not there. How do you reconcile those emotions that can so easily come in and just be like, well, the first thing I recommend is an unfollow on Instagram and then probably (laughs) a Facebook rant, Um, but not saying any names because that just feels like the mature way to handle something like that. Next question. That was like the most (laughs) un-Ashley thing I've ever heard. I loved every second of it. Oh my gosh. This is so real, Andrea. If that was a thing. Um, So sometimes I will say as a thinker, I can be like totally clueless. And so I don't always get FOMO as much as maybe some other friends that I have that that really, um, you know, are just more friends with that, but, but it is totally real. Um, I think one of the biggest things in relationships is trust. And if I trust someone's heart toward me, then I have no reason to, to assume something negative. If they're extending pieces of their heart to someone else. Ooh, dang girl, that's good. That's true for any relationship. It's true for parent, like my, my relationship with my parents, my relationship with my siblings, with friends, with, um, with my, with my boyfriend, with, you know, if I'm not married, but if you have a spouse, um, and a lot of that comes from time and depth and having the hard conversations, but also choosing to believe the best. Um, so for example, if I see, you know, a couple of my BFFs hanging out and I wasn't invited, I'm not there. Um, they were definitely talking about you. Definitely. Yes. (laughs) But the reality, and you know, and like the reality is though, what I'm feeling Oh, if I'm, if I, first of all, if I'm in relationship with quality people, then I have nothing to worry about. Oh yeah, that's good. But if I'm in relationship with people that are catty, that are backbiting, that are gossipy, then maybe I need to rethink the people that I'm investing in and allowing to invest in me. The people that I'm pinning my hopes on of community or of, um, you know, knowing each other. And so if there's someone I'm looking at that I'm like, you know, they feel a little um, immature in the mm-hmm. way they operate in relationships. That doesn't mean we just write someone off. It doesn't mean we don't continue to love them. But the people that I'm trusting with my heart are worthy of that trust and trusting oh, with an extension wow. of my time. So a lot of the times when I'm feeling something of, of that FOMO or jealousy or, or comparison, I have to look inward first and say, what am I holding on to? Is this, is this wound valid? Is this a past wound that I'm, uh, that I'm applying to someone? Um, so that's huge. But then I go, let's just say all those boxes are checked that I am in a relationship with quality people, um, that I've checked my heart. You know, I think the best thing that I can do is be honest with myself and let myself feel what I'm feeling. Um, but also I, I think I can also have that conversation with someone, not out of anger or out of pettiness, but to say, Hey, I was super bummed that I missed hanging out with you guys. 
you know, I honey bunny biscuit coat on 23rd, whatever it is, I would love to come next time. Would that be okay? Or, or, you know, what if I went above and beyond and invited all those people over myself? Oh yeah. Because maybe they've asked me to hang out 10 times and I've said no every time Ooh. and they don't want to bother me. And so they're just wow. assuming. And so I, I think, you know, and you hit on it, Andrew, that communication is important. Um, and also the extension of trust because I know I don't think I've ever intentionally in my life left someone out of a get together ever. Yeah. But if someone doesn't trust me, then their mind can go all kinds of places, assuming what is true about how I view them or um, what's true about their value or place yeah. in the community. I think it's an appropriate time to say, I'm sorry, Mr. Birthday party. And <laughs> also, I always want to go to anybody biscuit company. If anybody ever goes, please invite me. I will have FOMO every time. Yeah. Not really. I noticed something really weird. So being really vulnerable, like I went on vacation this year, visited some family in uh, Tennessee. And I, it was like a week, not that long, but I remember I came back and I felt so out of touch with my circle of, and not even a circle of friends. Like I have friends in very different parts of the community. And so it was just like, I almost, I, I noticed myself to almost start getting a little unhealthy and being like, I text this person, they don't text me back. Mm-hmm. But then I was like, okay, what I do in those situations is like replay my history and say, what in this history of our friendship has led me to this conclusion? Because none of that adds up. Uh, it's not the right answer for this equation. So when I added up, okay well, this person says they love me. They can't wait to hang out. And, you know, X, Y, Z, last interaction was really good. It was very healthy. And then I come back from vacation. I feel disconnected. Is that on them or is it on me? Just Or is it just a rhythm of life? And what am I reading into that that shouldn't be? You know, and I think any getting over FOMO for me has been that practice, a very methodical doing the math of the relationship. Does it add up? Does this make sense from our past interactions and relationships? And most often it doesn't. It, it's, it's not the right answer for that equation. It's insecurity on my part that is making me sure those things. For sure. Yeah. I, I feel like I'm, as you're saying that I'm thinking through the responsibility of stewardship we have in the digital age. Because I think a lot of FOMO comes from social media, if I'm totally honest. Yeah. Um, and so, also if I'm honest, if I'm in a busy season, a lot of the times I just don't post stuff of when I'm hanging out because I don't want the thought from other people that I've said no to, if I'm totally Ooh. honest. Um, That's so real, though. And, um, and so I think we have a responsibility to love people well and how we communicate about the way we spend our time. Um, but then if we're on the receiving end of seeing someone's, you know, social stuff, then um, we have to believe the best. Because reality is we're not seeing 24 hours of their day. We're maybe seeing, unless they Facebook Live all the time, like we're not, we're only maybe seeing eight hours or two hours or yeah. 20 minutes of their day. And um, we have to choose to keep short lists and to not um, hold bitterness in our hearts toward people. And that is not something that's on other people. That's on us. Yeah. Oof, that's so good. Ashley, I wish we could talk all day long. Draw me too. I mean, we technically could, but I can't record that long. Um, <laughs> technical difficulties. So, 
what is the parting thought that you have for everyone listening today and in the future? Yeah, I think um, the reality of life is that relationships are messy. People are hard. Right now, they are the best and worst thing about my life, you know? Same. If you were to stop and think, what is this was limited, what would make, you know, what would make my life better? A lot of it might be relational. A lot of it would be just myself. That too. I'm the hardest part about my life. Well, you know, that's, that's so true. And I I think what I would say and take away as I'm kind of even reflecting on things that we've talked about today is that um, when it comes down to relationships, we can't be fully engaged with other people unless we're leading ourselves well. And um, one of my wonderful mentors and friends, uh, Jeremy Kubitschek, uses this term a lot. And it's part of it's part of um, something that he uses in an organization giant. Um, but it's this idea of being intentional, not accidental. Mm-hmm. And so even as we talk through, you know, how does how do we, in our busy lives we fit in time, and how do we do this? What it takes is intentionality, but it can't. I really don't think it can come first projected into community, we have to begin to be intentional with ourselves and we have to decide for ourselves what our priorities are, where we will spend our time, where we will extend our energy. Um, And then out of that place of honest decision with ourselves, then we can begin to enter into intentionality with others, whether that's a small circle of family and friends or a broader community or work, that kind of thing. Um, but yeah, I think I think that's what it takes. And within those circles, that extension of trust is huge. And believing the best is massive. And also that piece of healthy challenge is really important because I think a lot of people believe that the best way to exist in a relationship is only to celebrate, champion, and support. But the reality is that challenge plays just as big of a role in a healthy relationship in the right ways as those other pieces do. Wow, that's so good. You guys can't see this, but I was vigorously nodding. <laughs> vigorously. Wow. Thanks for being here, Ashley. And um, if we have some more time, we might do a little bonus segment. Um, oh, yeah. Of Ashley singing. That's all it's going to be. No, I just thought of one of those giant tools. It's super helpful that we thought we might talk about if we have some time. Um, but thank you so much for all of your wisdom and expertise. And um, do you want to tell everybody where they can find you on the World Wide Web. For sure. Um, stay connected with you intentionally. Very much so, yes. It's funny, Andrea and I were talking about this before. She was so kind and said, hey, if you want to, you know, let people know where to find you, they can. If they can. And um, there have been seasons of life in a business where I've been more interactive on places like social media and Instagram. Um, and I'm really in a slow season right now to where I'm not focusing a lot of my energy there. But that said, um, I would love to connect on Instagram. Um, it, you may not like what you see, meaning you won't get posts every day or <laughs> this really, you know, curated picture of someone's life in Oklahoma city, but you'll get me. And, um, that's a fun way to stay connected over time. So my Instagram, if you'd like it is Ashley Stephen creative. Um, Stephen is spelled like the boy's name, pH in the middle and no S on the end. Cool. Ashley Stephen. 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 Yeah. I mean, it's Steven, but people spell it. That's so. fine. You guys spell it however you want. See what happens on Instagram. We'll, we'll maybe see you and maybe we won't. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Ashley. Okay, if you're still listening, we have a bonus segment with Ashley Stephen.
<laughs> Bonus. Bonus round. Um, so there's a tool that actually um, Ashley teaches. It's produced by Giant Worldwide. And um, I have been through one of their ex-core leadership trainings. Um, and I think it's super helpful to kind of define, especially in relationships, but really I think it's something good to do about once a year. Um, just to help you find, what is it, your peace index? Is that correct? Absolutely, yeah. That's it. Okay, so Ashley's going to walk us through the peace index and really what it's going to help you define is like um, where are you at with your people, where are you at with the place that you are, and then where are you at um, with your passions and the things that are important to you in your heart. So, yeah, let's do it. Ashley, tell us how to find the peace index thing. Yeah, so... Um, if you want to find it beyond this podcast, you can go to giantworldwide.com and um, look at their toolkit. We talked to someone, though, and you can get a visual there. But um, the peace index really is an understanding that our given peace, uh, our peace in any given moment or season of our lives, of, of how confident we feel, how at rest we feel in ourselves, is made up of three things. It's made up of how purposeful you, you feel, the place where you live, and the people that you're surrounded by. So um, if I were to do my peace index right now, I have not thought about this in a while, so I don't know what's about to come out, but... Um, brace yourselves. Brace yourselves, <laughs> folks. Um, so for instance, um, actually, you know what? I, Andrew, I'm going to have you do yours. I'm going to ask Oh, I just you. did it not too long ago, actually. That, this is perfect. Okay, so put me on the spot. Andrew, it's fine. Questions, and as I'm asking her, I want you to do these calculations for yourself as well. And I want to say, too, before we start, I always wait take it and turn it up to like 15. So I just don't calculate people. I'm like, how are the people in my work? How are the people in my relationships? Yeah. And how, like I break it down way more yeah. just because I'm a nerd, but we're not going to do that. Yeah. We're going to do the real way that John teaches you. You know, and, and I love that you do that. I love that you're adopting that. And um, so basically what we're going to do is get a percentage zero to 100 of where Andrew's feeling in each of these areas. And then we're going to average that. So Andrea, as far we'll start with place which this refers to geographically where you're living. Um, and for anyone listening, that can refer to a city, or if moving cities isn't something that's on your radar at any point, it could be your house and your neighborhood and your district. So Andrea, scale of one to what you know, zero to 100, zero being I absolutely hate where I am and have to get out, and 100 being this is exactly where I'm supposed to be and I love it. Where would you say you're at living here in Oklahoma City? I'm going to say 95. 95. That's, that's very high. That's super high. I yeah. love that. I love OKC. Yeah. Awesome. Okay. Um, what about your purpose right now? Zero being um, maybe I'm a little depressed and I'm anxious and I don't know where I'm going. I feel no sense of destiny. Zero. That's why I brought you here. <laughs> <laughs> Great. This is going to turn into something different. <laughs> or 100% being um, I have direction, I have clarity, and I have movement behind um, what I feel like I was made for and meant to do in this time of my life. Right now, I feel like I'm probably a good solid 80%. Awesome. I'm flying high in 2019, people. Just so you know. This is her year. This is my year. Okay, and this last one, since I'm your friend, it better be really high. It's 4,000. Perfect. Perfect. (laughs) Um, And so this one's people. And Andrea, you're totally right. This is going to vary. You could run it past every part of your circles, family, friends, work, all that stuff. Today, just for the sake of time, we'll just do one big lump sum. Um, So tell me scale of zero to 100, zero being like, I feel very isolated. I don't feel like I have life-giving community um, or I have major conflict all the time or things are unhealthy or 100% being, um, you know, I have people around me that know me deeply 
and they challenge me and, and they support me and they champion me. And um, I, I don't feel isolated or alone. Or if I ever feel that, I know I have someone that I can go to. I'm going to say, still, it's pretty high, but I wouldn't say perfect. I'm going to shoot for like a 75. Awesome. Let's go 75. Yeah, that's good. Feels right. Awesome. So a little bit of simple averaging here. Added those things up, divided by three. And so overall, Andrew, your peace index right now is at about an 83%. So that's passing great people. Yes. Um, she's got to be. That's <laughs> not pass or fail. Don't, don't do that. Yeah, no. Um, so what I would say now is first of all, I, I think that's not, it's not bad. It's, it's pretty good. And out of those people was the lowest one. Um, and so my question would be, what does it look like for you to move from an 83% to a 90%? Right. What does it look like for you to move? We'll, we'll just stick in the people category from a 75% to, if it's not to 100, to an 85%, you know, in this season. Mm, that's good. I think, yeah. And that's just something I was thinking about. I forgot about this tool until a couple weeks ago. I busted it out, did some math, which was weird that I did on my own anyway. But yeah, thinking through all those, I love the city. I love, I feel like uh, I'm doing a lot of things that I love. My passions, I feel like there's outlets for those now, or in the past there weren't. I think the people piece is not bad at all. Um, but for me, there's some more intentionality that needs to happen in certain uh, relational areas. So at work, you know, relationships are great. Friends are great. I just, there's some things I want to diversify a little bit and continue to reach out and grow in depth. Yeah, I'm going to diversify my portfolio of friendships. <laughs> I'm accepting applications. It'll be another podcast. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, and then there's some new, uh, some things are shifting. So, overall, like, I'm very happy and content. I don't feel um, not at peace. So, I think that that tool helped me a lot um, in, I think, 2018 to kind of figure out where the pressure points were. And how to kind of work through that. Like where, where do I need to put, how do I, what do I need to attack and how do I do it? And which, which ways, you know, where do I need to focus my attention? So for sure. Um, I want to, if we have time, I want to share a story um, about a time when the peace index was massive in we driving have the so much time because this is the bonus. So, so it's, I love that. I wish I could just have <laughs> it's that. Be a new jingle. Yeah, it's gonna be the jingle. Ashley's the jingle. Um, this is the bonus. So tell you story, girl. Okay, cool, cool. So um, I was first introduced to the Peace Index by my buddies DJ and Josh. They had also gone through one of Giant Worldwide's export programs um, in the Atlanta area. They were out from California um, in 2016, 2016, 2015. It's all right together, but it was around that time. Um, a little bit of context, I had been living in Southern California for about five years and uh, had moved back to South Georgia. Very, very different culturally and even um, socially. It was just a new time. And I'd been back in Georgia for a couple of years and they and we were just talking through life stuff and they walked me through this tool and they had me do my average of these, of these three things. And um, they walked me through and they said, Ashley, uh, people-wise, where's your index at? And at that time um, in Georgia, I had a few close people and I had my family and I love my family and I'm super close to them. But the majority of my heart people 
support in my immediate context. And so people was pretty low. It was 40%, not because what I had wasn't adequate, but that I knew what it felt like to be fully alive in this area and I wasn't there. Um, so people was about 40%. And then um, they asked me about place. And then in that season, um, Valdosta, Georgia, where I was living, um, it had a lot of wonderful things about it. But for me in that time, it wasn't an inspiring place for me. The swamp. The, the swamp, guys. <laughs> that's the thing I go around, not through. Um, and place, um, it wasn't, for me at that time, it wasn't like aesthetically pleasing. The weather wasn't good. It's not like there's restaurants or things to do or opportunities. It was pretty low. So my place at that time was 20%. Um, and then they asked me about purpose. And uh, I was actually feeling fairly purposeful. I was at a 70%. I was... Um, I had been running my own uh, photography company and working for a catalog company in California and uh, because I, I didn't finish college at the time. So I was back in school for international business and marketing, which felt very purposeful for me because I felt like it would uh, benefit me in my business and uh, some other things. So in that way, I was purposeful. I didn't feel purposeful as far as grander goals that I had. So that's why it was about a 70. It wasn't 100%. Um, so when I added all that up, my piece index total was about a 40%, guys. Oh, that's sad. It was so sad. So sad that I bawled my eyes out in the hotel lobby where we were right before the guys. I was going to say, like, yeah. It was really significant. But what what that tool did for me is it helped me to, it brought me clarity to say what needs to give. Right. What needs to change right now. And so what ended up happening was uh, I had the opportunity uh, a few months later to sign up myself for an escrow program through Giant that was actually located in Southern California where I used to live and a bunch of my friends were going through it. And this um, particular program was uh, four times a year, it was once a quarter. And so I and, um, so I did two things. One, I switched to online classes because it gave me flexibility to travel to the people that would get my people index up and see that community and my heart filled. So uh, I began to travel out uh, four times that year the people index went up. The place index went way up. If you've ever been to Santa Barbara, Santa Barbara California, you will know that it's amazing. Um, and my purpose index went up as well because I was growing and changing as a person. Wow, yeah. Giant Worldwide really teaches you how to be intentional, not accidental. It teaches you how to lead yourself so you can lead others. And so I was growing. So every piece of my, uh, every part of my piece index went up in that season. But if I hadn't had that tool, I really think I would have just been going through this um, season of gray and of probably a, a bit of despair and frustration and restlessness yeah. without any clarity. And just spinning your forward. wheels and trying to figure out. I think a lot of times when we feel stuck, it's a lot of the energy goes to figuring out why. Yes. And not even fixing the problem because you don't know what to fix. Yes. And so I think that tool, like you said, the peace index really helps you narrow down the, the reason or the the what is the problem. So then you feel empowered like, oh, well, I know how. There are literally three ways I can fix this or there's two ways I can fix this or make changes. And it helps you kind of take control back of that part of you that feels like a little bit lost. Absolutely. Yeah. Thanks for that bonus. We'll make sure to put a link in the show notes to Giant Worldwide so you guys can check that tool out as well. And Ashley, one more time, bonus. Bonus. Gosh, love you, girl. Love you. <laughs> You're the best.